So tell me more about Victor. Victor, we adopted him about a month ago. We think he is cattle dog mixed with retriever, or so they say. We're going to uh, get his... Oh, that's... that's what, okay. I'm, I'm bringing you... I'm, uh, I'm, okay, I'll stop. Yeah, I can hear all the spit in my mouth. It's making me drool. I'm, oh, you're getting, make, getting the levels right. <laughs> Playing around with it. No, yeah, but my mom got him a genetic test, and he uh, does not sit so long enough to have it done. Or by the time he's sitting still, I'm so exhausted. It's like, wow, who's going to do that? Yes. Let's see. Um, his name was for Stanley, but that was my grandfather's name, and it might be too soon because he died not that long ago. Ah, uh, fair. Yeah, so what are we... We're talking about Chester. My brothers talked a lot of shit. They're like, oh, so basic. But I think he'd make a great Chester. I think he'd be a perfectly good Chester. And yeah. it's short for Chuck. You can shorten it to Chuck. Oh, that's which, great. Which, I like that you can do Chuck with Charles or Chester. I do, too. I didn't know that's that you versatile. could do it. Yeah, I was thinking Chet was good. Ooh, Chet's pretty good. Yeah. I know, right? They're like, oh, Chester the molester. Well, yeah. Chet does sound a little bit like a frat bro, though. Like, Chet, yeah. Chet does sound a little bit like a dude I would meet at a U of M kegger right before I left. Dude, party dog like, loves beer. <laughs> oh, good for him. Yep, yep, he's about it. I had a young. dog growing up when, that really liked weed. Like, every time we'd have a party at the house, he would just find the weed circle for the night and just, like, sit in the middle. He would just, like, sit there, and everyone would just, like, blow hits at him, and he would just... Adorable. Just fucking loved it. He was a, he was a little uh, lots of wapsy, a little, like, 25-pound, shaggy-ass dog with crooked-ass teeth. Cute. His name was Piglet. Oh, adorable. He was an adorable guy. He made it to like 17. He was an old dog by the time he passed, yeah. Not as old. Fun. Good dog. Good dog. Good dog indeed. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) This is the first instance of malfeasance by the commissioner of what we're seeing. At some point, some Chinese food's going to pull up, and we're going to pause the recording and eat it. Josh Groban! He's eating his own sushi! That's the most baller thing I've ever seen! And, like, everyone doesn't look good and naked all the time. <laughs> I love this cornbread so much, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. Cool beans, man. I live by the quarry. We should hang out by the quarry and throw things down there. What you doing? Hey, girl. Where you going? Come on, our cats were just about to have sex. Ooh, shaking his fanny at us. <laughs> Meow. Mother, may I? Martha, what's up? How you doing? I am well. How are you, Derek? I am dandy. Thank you. I'm pumped to be here. Good to be hanging with you again. Oh, you too. Ladies and gentlemen and children and boys and girls of all the ages and whatnot. Welcome to After the Laugh Track. Thanks for tuning in, whether it's your first time or your tenth time. I don't really know how many episodes we're at. I think this is actually episode number ten, by the way. I think this is officially number ten on our release calendar, which is pretty exciting. Uh, This is also the fastest turnaround we've ever done on an After the Laugh Track episode. We are recording tonight, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and dropping this bad boy tomorrow morning on the holiday for the people. Perfect. Nice little drive to... 
drive to the festivities yeah. to listen to. Yeah, hopefully bring you all some laughs as you go to family gatherings, whether you're looking forward to them or dreading them, or somewhere in the middle, or a bit of both. How are you looking forward to yours? Bit of both. Okay. No, my, my, mine's actually pretty chill this year, so it should, should be pretty nice. My mom's hosting, so I don't even have to go anywhere. Oh, and, perfect. Uh, yeah, very relaxing one for me this year. Very How about nice. you? I am excited going to my grandmother's. It should be eventful. It's the, it always is. Ryan's meeting my extended family. Ooh, nice. That should be exciting. Yeah. That is very exciting. Oh, yeah. So. Big steps forward. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah, get the whole gang together. Got the aunts and the uncles and the cousins. and the, It's going to be a lot. Love that. I hope. Martha and Ryan and a whole clan. A whole clan. Love that. So we have a, Martha and I have a third pal here named Victor. Yep. He's he is the new puppo. Hey, little buddy. Little buddy. Little buddy. Not that little for the record. I, I want to be on the record of saying not very little for being a little buddy. <laughs> In fact, quite mid-sized. <laughs> quite mid-sized indeed. He's an adorable guy. And speaking of adorable dogs, I want to give shout out to a dog I missed when we did our pet top 10. Because this dog would have most certainly made my top 10 maybe even my top five, and yet I completely forgot about the existence of Travis the Dog from Cougar Town, which is a delightful show. If you can ever get past season one successfully, uh, he found this thing again. Oh, come on, dude. I didn't think I had anything in there. You. I'm actually out. Okay, one sec, one sec. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Stinky. You lost your free roaming privileges. Victor has lost the right to roam. Too many chew things. Too much excitement. He's a pumped up boy. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. He's jazzed. He's excited. He doesn't know what it is, but he knows he's pumped. All right. Come on, little dude. Oh, my God. He's so cute and happy. <laughs> it's like we go for a walk? Fuck yeah. Nope. Nope. I'm being grounded. Other thing. Yeah. Yeah, so Travis the dog from Cougar Town. Can't believe I missed that one. I hadn't watched Cougar Town for a couple years, so it was just kind of off my brain when it came around. When we were doing our pet rankings, which if you haven't listened to that episode, scroll on down the list of episodes a bit, and you'll find Martha and I ranking our favorite pets from sitcom history. But I just wanted to shout out the one I missed, because Travis the dog, he's such a good boy. He retrieves beers for his owner. He plays penny can. He retrieves golf balls in mass. He's just like a, he's a very intuitive, big, bulky dog. He's just adorable. Just plain adorable. Sounds like a gem. Had to shout him out because uh, <laughs> as I was putting this list together, a uh, little teaser there, I've got some Cougar Town representation in my list. I realized what a mistake I had made. But today, Martha and I had to celebrate Thanksgiving are ranking our top 10 favorite Thanksgiving episodes of sitcoms. Pretty cut and dry stuff here, you know? No way to make it overcomplicated. Just nice and simple. Going to be a lot of fun. If you've never listened to us rank stuff around here before, we're both going to count down from 10 to 1. And if we have a duplicate, say we both really love a certain episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we will wait until we get to whomever has it ranked higher on the list to talk about it in more detail. Just kind of move it along and not have to talk about the same episode twice. But I think Martha and I are going to have a lot of variants today. I don't think there's that much overlap between our lists. But without further ado, let's flip an object of some kind and decide who's going to go first. 
This is mildly flippable. Yeah, that'll work. Love is love. Love is love. All right, so we're going with the love side or the pokey side? <laughs> I'm at the pokey side. Flip it in the air. Pokey side. All right, would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? I, I will I'll kick things off. Martha, kicking off the list. Give me your... Do you have any outside looking in before we go in? Or do you want to just go straight to the meat and potatoes of it? Um, yeah. I think, I, I think I'm ready to jump in. I was looking for things that had an overarching theme of togetherness. Yeah. I tried to... I strayed away from darker things, which is uh, a little out of my norm, but... All right. Well, hey. Dig it. Your I'm list is built the way it's built. We're just going to yeah. go straight into 10. Perfect. Hit me with it. All right. I am kicking it off with nine pretty darn angry men. Season 3, Episode 7 of King of the Hill. Nice. I do not have this on my list. And uh, we did open this up to animated and live-action sitcoms for this episode because there's just so much delightful content within both of those worlds. Tell me more about this episode. Oh, well, it starts off with... Okay, actually, it's kind of a little bit of a dark thing. So Cotton Hill shows up on the wrong year. And he... Hank Hill's mom is also there. So he is just being absolutely horrible, saying all sorts of terrible things about Hank's mom. He never stands up for her. And then they're going to the mall to, like, uh, mower... Mm, what's it called? What's it called when you, like... Oh, focus group. Go into a mower focus group. And then Cotton weasels his way in there, and in the very end of it, he finally stands up to his dad, and, I don't know, at the end of it, they all have a merry Thanksgiving. Nice. It's pretty great. Nice. Some some fun antics along the way. So many fun antics. The whole gang's in there, all, all the all Ooh. the men. Gotta love having the whole gang around. Absolutely perfect. It's got Khan and Bill and Boomhauer and Dale and Cotton and some extra guys. Oh, a priest who accidentally like drowned a kid in a uh, christening Whoa. and... Just, you know, good old King of the Hill heaviness. Just good old King of the Hill. Kids getting drowned by priests. You know, pretty standard stuff around here. Uh, it does resolve in some family. It does resolve some family conflicts. Love it. Which is what, yeah. It, really it accomplishes great. the King of the Hill missions. Yes. Does the things. Yes. Got some character development. I love it. Nice. Oh, yeah. Quality way to start the list here. A, a strong number 10. Before I hit my number 10, I'm going to give, I've just got two Two that I didn't find room for on my list that I want to give a shout out to real quick. Um, one of which is, this is the second time in a row we've done a ranking where I've got friends on the outside looking in narrowly, actually. Um, the Friends episode, the one with all the Thanksgivings, I think is their funniest. They, do a, they have a decent amount of Thanksgiving episodes, but I think this is the best. Is the one in which Chandler finds out that the reason... His pinky toe got cut off by a knife was because of some shenanigans Monica was up to when they were like teenagers to young college kids, essentially. So it's one of their flashback episodes. I love Friends flashbacks. They do a very good job of flashbacks. So shout out to the one with all the Thanksgivings. Uh, The other shout out I want to make is technically a Black Friday theme, but it's South Park's trilogy of Black Friday episodes making fun of Game of Thrones. It's just fucking awesome. Black Friday... A song of ass and fire, and I don't know what the, like the episode is labeled as T blank 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 S and dragons, but it's too many blanks to be like tits and dragons. I don't really know huh. what the T is supposed to be there, but yeah, it's a three part yeah. episode of South Park that is so damn funny. Awesome. 
But technically, uh, you know, Thanksgiving adjacent because of the Black Friday of it all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are the outside looking ins I wanted to mention. And my number 10 is from Fresh Prince. Uh, it is Talking Turkey. It is season one. You got all of Aunt Viv's siblings in town, including Will's mother. There's some tension about Will's mother thinks that Will is now being raised with a silver spoon in his mouth because he's not really being asked to like help in the kitchen like she would make him back in Philly. And she's also pointing out to Viv and Carlton and Phil and co, all the rich people, that uh, they have a pretty pampered life. So Viv gets defensive and makes Hillary and Carlton and all of her kids uh-huh. do a bunch of kitchen work, which they think is a joke at first. And then they're they're messing up in the kitchen because they've never had to cook anything in their lives. And it's a funny episode. I, I like watching people of privilege be forced to do blue collar stuff. And uh, yeah, the kids had to do some menial labor for a change. Hilarious episode. It's very, very funny. I do think I remember Hillary burning something or some fire in the kitchen, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Hillary definitely burned. Yeah, there was a there was indeed a fire. You recalled that correctly. <laughs> awesome. That is a fantastic episode. Great stuff. All right. Number nine. Number nine. It's another Thanksgiving adjacent. I'm going to go with the Harvest Festival episode. Um, It's the seventh episode of the third season of Parks and Recreation. Love that. It was fantastic. I think one reason it made the list, even though it's still Thanksgiving adjacent, is uh, Leslie and Ben get together. That's that's enough reason right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite sitcom relationships. They're perfect. Upper echelon, for sure. That's an episode we'll have to get to eventually, is ranking our favorite sitcom, like, Will They, Won't They's, and, like, uh, the couples we cheer for. Absolutely. I'd want to do it two separate ways. I'd want to have one episode ranking the couples that we know right away, like your Turk and Carla, your Andy and April, the ones that just happen quick, and that's a couple now, and we all know it's just going to last. And then another one that's, like, the couples that are kind of like, Will They, Won't They, and take a while to get together. I'd like to rank those two separate. Yeah. Because I love romance, and I love love. And I want to celebrate it as many times as possible. So why not make separate (laughs) rankings? Sounds great. Love it. And we make the rules around here. It's our show. We do what we want. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Any additional thoughts on that episode, though? Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. Uh, Hmm. Harvest Fest, Ben and and Leslie. Oh, my gosh. We have that funny shenanigans. Yeah, there's that really fantastic stuff with little Sebastian. You got Andy yes. singing. It's just overall fantastic. And it's during the uh, economy crash. Yeah. Which is just, I don't know, a little homage to it all. That's great. Um, the Harvest Fest is definitely, it's, a, it's such a big payoff too because they've been working towards it for a while. It's Leslie's big home run hit. And it helps kind of save the city of Pawnee. Like it's one of the many times in which Leslie has stepped up and heroically saved Pawnee. And I love that for her. Oh, Victor's very sad right now that he's leashed and can't just chew on things and cause anarchy and chaos. Oh, the poor little man. Oh, poor sad boy. Can't just chew on everything his heart desires. Oh, Vic, that's so sad. He's melting my heart. He melted my heart. He'll be all right. He will. Yep. My number nine. Yes. Uh, this is one of the two shows I have double entries from. And this is How I Met Your Mother. The episode I have at number nine here is called Blitz Giving. Um, It is an episode in which the gang from How I Met Your Mother are getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. And something goes horribly wrong at their main apartment. I forget exactly what that problem is. 
But among them, so they can't cook it and have it at their normal crib where they would normally reside for Thanksgiving and hang out. Also, Ted has a feud going with a woman he's going to date soon after this feud. <laughs> um, and part of that, and he wants the gang to all hate her too. But apparently they all got hammered the night before and became friends with her. And regard Ted as the Blitz because they all did something amazing while Ted went home early and went to bed. And in their terms, the, the Blitz is the person who constantly misses out on the cool thing. It's the person that leaves the room, then something amazing happens. And there's a character named Blitz who that's dubbed after. And the whole episode, Blitz is there. He's not missing anything. Someone else has inherited the Blitz role. And then at the end of the episode, Blitz accidentally becomes the Blitz again. And all is returned to normal in the universe. But very funny episode. Bunch of shenanigans. Uh, one of my favorite uh, things that I refer to a lot with Eric, in fact, another co-host of After the Laugh Track here, he and I often say the gentlemen to each other, which is a fun nod to that show. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my number nine, Blitzgiving from How I Met Your Mother. All right. Let's see. Number eight. The Ocho. I am going to go Thanksgiving Orphans, season five, episode nine of Cheers. Okay, it nice. Was, it was a controversial episode. It was when um, the uh, food shortage in Africa was just starting to get media attention. And at the end of the episode, it ends in like a huge food fight. And people were boycotting it. And it is also one of the most beloved episodes of the show. Fascinating. So yeah, people were pissed that they would uh, degrade food that could be used to feed others, essentially. Yeah, they told them that they um, ate them off the mantle and off the floor and everything, so oh. that was the way around that. Yeah, it was really fantastic, so it was just everybody had nowhere to go, and... And they, they ate Thanksgiving together. They all ended up at Carla's house. And had a food fight? A little potluck, and, oh, the turkey took way too long, and Norm was having a fight with his wife, and she, Vera, ended up, uh, they had never met her before, and he finally got her to come... And she like showed up late. She was going to her mom's and da 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 da. And at the very end of it, she like finally comes in. It's like, oh, God, her marriage is safe. <laughs> and then, oh, who's the blonde gal? I just watched this earlier. Ah, the blonde waitress that's in the first couple seasons. The, I'm not a big Cheers. I never, uh, I've, it's one I've always meant to go back to. I've never really watched Cheers as an adult. It's real cringy. I saw some, I saw some reruns as a kid and stuff, but yeah, I never got into it as an adult. Yeah, yeah, I watched it as an adult and it was just real cringy. I believe it. Yep, yep, the 70s yeah. were quite a thing. Yeah, man, <laughs> like, what ooh. a time. And I have this theory that Ted Danson might be a huge asshole because he's capable of acting like such a huge asshole. It's possible. Yeah. Like, he gets, a, he gets away and is commonly regarded as, like, a sweet and endearing old man these days. And I think it's just, like, the bow tie look and all that he's got going on. Yeah. But, like, it's definitely possible that, being of the time he's from, that he is, in fact, a turd. The other one I've had right. this theory about is Jack Nicholson. Is, I'm confident he's an asshole. He's a, he's a dick. Like, I still like his acting work, but I so am much. very confident that he's an asshole. Yeah, I wouldn't want to, like, hang out with him. I actually think that about Leo, too. I actually also, I also think Leo's a prick. Really? I just assume. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. maybe it's the fact that he keeps dating 20-year-olds when he's, like, oh. approaching 60. I don't know. Like, I think Ooh. that's part of it. Yeah, that's gross. I like, didn't know that. Yeah. Like, he's, like, perpetually great. known for, like, dumping women once they get past a certain age. And then just, like, Ooh. resetting with a 20-year-old again. Yeah. Huh. I find that behavior creepy. That is creepy. Look. Oh. 
love is love. And I like sometimes people of wide age graps genuinely fall in love. And I'm here to celebrate that adorableness between anything between two consenting adults I'm game for. Totally fine. However, when there's a pattern that speaks of something different to me. Yeah, like chronic immaturity. Oh, but back to Cheers. What was it? Man, I don't know. So, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, Norm's wife came for the first time. You had like oh, that yeah. action. You met her. There was a waitress you mentioned that was on a couple years, apparently. Oh, yes. The first, what was her? Oh, Diane, the um, the first waitress. So the show starts off with her walking into the bar and then getting ditched by her, the man she was going to run away with and marry, her professor. So she was supposed to go to this like literary thing, and then she and she was like dressed as a pilgrim, and then turns out she was only invited to be a wait, wait staff. And then so she showed up crying, like always. And then, yeah, Norm had this big fight with his wife and said, uh, this is really important to me. If you go to your mother's and don't come here, then don't bother coming home at all. And it's like, oh, that's so stressful. And he's like, the turkey's totally undercooked and all the little things. Oh, they used to have little thermometers that would pop out. I'm sure they still exist, but they kept calling it the pop-out thing. The pop-out thing, nice. Yeah. They're like, just call it a thermometer. Fra- you get Fraser yelling. Oh, Fraser's there too. It's great. It was fantastic. So is Fraser on the whole series of Cheers before, like, and then it just goes straight to Fraser essentially, or is um, that like a gap? Is there a, a time when both are on the air at the same time? I don't know much about these things. I don't think there's any overlap. I'm trying to think if he moves to Seattle during the show. I know he comes in sometime in the first, sometime after a little while. Let's see, this is season five, so he's not there in the very beginning, but gotcha. yeah. So he joins sometime along the way, but he's there for the rest of the run and then gets the spinoff? Yes. Nice. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yep, you see him, he's hanging out at the bar a lot during his failing marriage. Gotta be the most successful spinoff of all time, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Frasier's gotta be the most successful spinoff. Absolutely. Really fantastic. For now, House of the Dragon has just emerged. We'll see. Oh, is that the um? That's the Game of Thrones spinoff. Oh, I watched it for like twenty minutes and could not. It's hardcore. It's so hardcore. <laughs> Cousins and siblings fucking everywhere. Everywhere. I was like, everywhere. <laughs> so much incest. Yeah, I, and the I couple you find down. yourself cheering for the most is like an uh, like uncle and niece duo. Oh! It's really weird. Oh, that's troubling. And I'm like, strangely, I cheer for them still. I'm like, y'all are fucked up, but I still think you're the best of the bunch. <laughs> the least fucked up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Least fucked up. There you go. Sorry, uh, minor House of the Dragon spoilers, I suppose. I want to do your number eight. My Ocho. Uh, going over to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This is the other show I have on here twice. So I had How I Met Your Mother and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Both made it twice because both really celebrate Thanksgiving frequently. Uh, New Girl does as well, but I actually was able to pick one ultimate episode of New Girl that I like that much more than the rest. Although, honorable mention real quick to New Girl Thanksgiving 3, because it's like, there's a camping theme, it's very funny. Hmm. But my number eight is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I'm going to go with two turkeys on this one. Two turkeys. Let's see... I love all four B99 Thanksgivings quite a bit. I do too. I do not have that one. Nice. So, um, Two Turkeys is an episode in which Jake and Amy have begun dating. And um, it's reaching the point of like meeting each other's parents. And like, well, I'm sorry, Jake's already met the Peraltas on the previous Thanksgiving, in fact. And this year it's all about the Peraltas and the Santiago's meeting. 
And uh, so, yeah, so I'm sorry. Jake met the Santiago's the previous year, I should say. And this year, they're introducing each other's parents to each other. And Amy's parents are very much Amy's parents, like you would <laughs> guess them to be. Very organized, structured, like uh, type A's. Extreme type A. And then Jake's parents... One is a flight is a pilot who cheated on his wife for many many years and has recently rekindled with her, being Jake's mother. And Jake's mother is a artist who likes to paint vases and loves to celebrate the lesbian neighbors next door because she she wanted to be friends with them. Uh, just a hodgepodge of people that would normally not be friends with each other, and sure enough. Doesn't go well for a while. Then some booze gets involved. And then it starts going very well. And then booze goes too far. And drunk competition emerges. And Jake's dad cuts his finger off and has to go to the hospital. But at the end of the episode, you get a cute moment as um, Amy's father essentially says to Jake, you, uh, you always wanted a big family Thanksgiving. Well, let me tell you, this is what a big family Thanksgiving looks like. A lot of fighting, a lot of yelling, and maybe someone going to the emergency room. And uh, Jake seems pretty endeared to that, and it ends on a cute note like that. But it's just a really funny episode. Um, also, J- Jake's parents were hosting, but Amy's parents also prepared a turkey, just in case. <laughs> which is just like such an obviously super normal thing to do when you're going to someone else's Thanksgiving to just bring a whole ass turkey. <laughs> yeah, a lot of funny stuff in there. Uh, so that's my number eight. I love that episode. I almost made the cut. Almost, just not quite. Not what not. you got for number seven? For number seven, I am going... To, oh, gosh. I don't know how I feel about my ordering here. I'm going to go Thanksgiving 93. It is the 10th episode of season six of Roseanne. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. They have a ton of Thanksgiving episodes. They are all pretty awesome. They are pretty on par with... Uh, True family Thanksgiving. Lots and lots of issues. But yeah, you get, um, let's see, so Mark and Becky are living with the Connors at this point. And Dan is very upset about it because he, Mark eloped with his 17-year-old daughter. Makes sense. And then they had... Yes, that would be upsetting. That would be upsetting. If I had a daughter who was 17 and eloped, I would be upset. Yes. But then you get the excellent male problem solving where they hit each other and then are buddies. And you get Roseanne calling it out like, wow, men are amazing. (laughs) I'm like, that's pretty hilarious. Seems pretty on point with my view of the opposite gender. Seems pretty awesome. I think I could get down with that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think me and my brothers used to fight all the time, and it really does help. Sure. Yeah. It does, yeah. No, it does for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they hit each other. All the problems were solved. They had a nice meal together, and yeah, things worked out. Love it. Yeah. It Some was, classic Roseanne. It was really fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I haven't even thought about Roseanne in years. That's nice. Good pullback. Yeah, I was ah. happy to have watched it. Blast from the past. Dig it. Yep, it's fantastic. Yeah, I watched all of the Thanksgiving episodes today, and Ooh. yeah, Roseanne Bender. <laughs> oh yeah, it really goes downhill after they get the lottery money. Ooh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh yeah, no, that's a thing that happened. I forgot. Yeah, I've forgotten most major plot points from that show, but yeah, I do remember that now. That yeah, there was a whole lottery money thing. Yeah, yep. really weird. It did kind of trash the show a little bit, but it is still amazing. Still yeah. amazing. Good Love to hear. Roseanne Barr. Love, love that. Love her. 
All right. Well, my uh, number seven, I'm just realizing I have number seven on here twice because I'm bad at making a 10 to 1 list without apparently duplicating fucking numbers. So I'm going to give you both of my number sevens real quick just to kind of like keep us on track. My first, The first of which is from Cougar Town. So I guess technically makes it number eight, but whatever. Seven B is from Cougar Town. Season three, episode 13, titled It'll All Work Out. It's actually an episode that takes place in the spring, and Jules, the main character, played by Courtney Cox, realizes the gang didn't get to do anything for Thanksgiving together. Uh, they all had different travels going on, which is really is more a joke about the um, their status as a show, just like they didn't they didn't have new episodes coming out around that time because they were on the chopping block. Like they wound up the show winds up getting canceled and then getting picked up for one more year and then getting canceled again and then picked up by TBS. And then finally ending on a proper ending. But uh, this episode, they do a faux Thanksgiving. Um, then you also have one of the main characters who's also dressing up in a Halloween and Christmas outfit because she missed all these holidays. So she's <laughs> doing like a Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving super celebration. Um, we also get our first wine glass funeral, which is a running bit on that show, which I find to be so damn funny. Because Jules has these enormous wine glasses that are really like vases. Like she literally just has these like big ass glass vases that she drinks wine out of. She just pours like a whole bottle of wine into them. Um, the first one is Big Carl. Big Carl is the wine glass that gets that meets its demise in this episode and then gets a funeral at the end. And then we get introduced to her next wine glass, Big Lou. Which is my second favorite of her wine glasses. My number one of her wine glasses is Big Tippy. But, you know, that's that's a whole different thing for a different time. But if you've never watched Cougar Town, the first season's real bad. Like, really bad. Like, I don't blame you at all if you can't get past it. But season two on is a very funny show. Uh, they really get rid of, like, because season one is very central about, like, the whole theme is basically Jules, a.k.a. Courtney Cox, gets divorced in her like late 40s, early 50s, whatever she is. And it's all about her trying to get back into the dating world. And it's it's not good. It's not there's some funny stuff within it. Busy Phillips is a cast member and I think she's hilarious. Kate Miller or Krista Miller is a cast member. She's hilarious. So there's like things that work in season one, but it's disjointed and it's too jewels centric. Season two on becomes a very ensemble thing. She meets a guy, like she winds up starting to date one of the main characters and that relationship just works from then on. So then it's no longer about Jules and her dating. It's just this big group of people and they literally just sit around and drink wine all the time. The show is literally just this group of adults and her 19-year-old, then 20-year-old, then 21-year-old son sitting around and drinking wine all the time. So much wine, so much consumption, and so much fun. And I really want to play Petty Can! It's a game they play on that show a lot. That sounds fun. And I just want to do that more. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check so it out in the that, weekend. That's my first number seven. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I fucking have two of them. <laughs> and then my other one is from Scrubs. Entitled My Day Off. Which is their only Thanksgiving themed episode. And it's really only this high on my list for one reason. The basic gist of the episode is JD needs to have his appendix taken up. His appendix bursts. And on Thanksgiving, he has to have his appendix taken out. His best friend, Turk, winds up doing the surgery. And then there's a running bit from then on that's talk that uh, JD 
says on more than one occasion that Turk is the only man that's ever been inside of him. <laughs> and uh, Turk just always dreads that he phrases it that way. But I get tickled by that phrase. Yep, I love it. Including in the musical episode when he belts out, you're the only man who's ever been inside of me. And it's just funny. Because that song's amazing. Guy love between two guys. Very funny stuff. But yeah, Scrubs, number seven, coming in with their lone Thanksgiving entry. I love it. Number six. Number six. Wait, we did, we did your number seven already, right? Your number seven is you're before me in this thing, right? Yes. Perfect. All right, yeah, number six. That's what I thought. All right, I'm gonna go lockdown Brooklyn. Oh no, I'm gonna do. I'm actually I'm gonna go Thanksgiving Brooklyn Nine Nine season one episode ten. It is when Amy is putting on Thanksgiving for all for the whole precinct. Well, not the whole precinct, but you know the main cast. Yeah. And she writes this like seven page long speech that uh, is supposed to impress Holt, and this is before he admits to being her mentor. Oh, Gina then gives it to him to embarrass her, and he ends up making corrections and giving it back, and it went very well. So that was funny. Yeah. Like when Gina... That stuff's good. You also have the Jake hates Thanksgiving angle going on oh, yeah. because of his childhood, essentially. So he's just like, a case comes up, so he gets to bail on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and run out of there, and he takes Holt with him eventually, which to Amy's chagrin... A lot of great stuff. Absolutely fantastic. And like, she won't let them eat, and then... Uh... Terry's freaking out. Terry, oh. full freaking out. Yeah, and she replaces she replaces salt with um, baking soda, I think. They're and both white powder. They're the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> they break her toilet because everyone's flushing their food. and It's fucking hilarious. Really good stuff. It's really uh, good the, stuff. The handful of times, I really appreciate, this is, a, this is a thing about Brooklyn Nine-Nine I really like, that the only time we ever really see Terry Jeffords, like, truly angry, like, truly the, one of the most muscular men in television at his most angry is only when he's super hungry. Like, other than that, Terry Jeffers doesn't really lose his cool. He gets a little mad at Jake sometimes because Jake's a man-child and makes a lot of silly mistakes. But, like, he's never, like, irrationally angry unless he's just super hungry. Yep. Which I can relate to. Yeah. Like, I, too, am a person of a pretty balanced temperament. I don't get angry at things very often. Um, I certainly don't direct my anger at others if I do get angry about things. But hangry me, oh. that guy gets a little pissed. That guy gets a little <laughs> short with people, for sure. That's like the one time that I find myself being like, man, I'm being kind of a dick right now. I need to cool it. Yep, yep. Really but the really hunger did. strikes, man. Mm-hmm. It's real. Yeah. Great episode of B99. It really is. Oh, I should have asked if you have that one, too. I don't. I think no. we're, yeah, we're in, we're in the clear. Indeed. All right. Number six. Number six. We're going over to community for this one. This episode, it might be my favorite title of an episode on this list. Cooperative Escapism in Familial Relations. <laughs> Say that again. Cooperative Escapism in Familial Relations. This episode has two plots going on. There is one plot in which Britta and Jeff Winger are going to meet Jeff's dad for the first time. Who Britta has helped find, I think. That area I'm a little less clear on exactly how that goes about and why Brit is the one with him but that's one side of the story but the side of the story that I love the most is the rest of the gang Abed, Troy, Shirley and Pierce begrudgingly at Shirley's house where you don't really spend any time in Shirley's in Shirley's house like at all almost none the gang's hiding out in the garage 
because there's just so much yelling going on in Shirley's house because it's a huge family and they're all yelling at each other. As we've mentioned a couple of times, these huge family gatherings lead to a lot of people yelling at each other. The rest of the gang is taking turns hiding in the garage from Shirley as she keeps guilt tripping them into going inside. <laughs> and it's a whole Shawshank Redemption parallel. Like Abed's giving like a Shawshank Redemption style monologue about escaping and about their time together in the yard, which is really this garage. Like it's just like a it's a really funny bit. And an outstanding Thanksgiving episode. And then at the end, you get some like nice meaning of spending time together stuff, as the Thanksgiving episodes so often give us. Sounds lovely. Indeed, Liz. Oh, I fucking to... love community. I do too. It's been a long time. I want to check that one Those out. Those four seasons, uh, seasons two, three, and four, I should say. Season one's okay, and the five and six are pretty rough. But two through four, amazing show. Excellent. Cool. Top fives. We're halfway there. We are halfway there. Ah. Ah, how exciting. Pumped. All right. Um, going all the way back to MASH. Oh, man. Going so far back. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. So the Yalu Brick Roads, the 10th episode of season eight. It starts off with a... I want to point out just to everyone in the audience real quick who doesn't know Martha and I personally... Martha's like 10 years younger than me, eight years younger than me or so, and she's always the one diving way older than me. But anyway, continue on, Martha. I just wanted to point out that like, I think most people that listen to us as a duo would presume you to be older than me just based on your show selections, but alas. no, In the name. No, good handful of years younger than me. Yeah. But please, continue on. Uh, All right, yeah. So it kicks off with the um, whole compound being quite ill and then it comes out that they have salmonella because Klinger, Klinger got a turkey from a questionable source and so they all want to kill him as soon as they're well enough they're gonna attack him well then he gets sick and everyone starts cheering it's hilarious love that yeah and then um let's see we've got Hawkeye and oh who's Hawkeye's counterpart oh I yeah, I don't remember MASH characters well enough to help you out on this one. Sorry, I wish I could be of more assistance. My mom's currently re-watching MASH on the af- in the afternoon time. It's just so good. Oh, Honeycut. Honeycut, of course. <laughs> Obviously. So Obviously. We, so they're on this side plot where they are racing back to the base with um, antibiotics. Honeycut flips their Jeep. And they have to, they start walking with all of their luggage and everything, where they then run into a Korean soldier with a gun. And so they throw their hands up. He throws his hands up. They form this unlikely trio. So then they're all walking together, and they stumble into some more Korean soldiers, and their little buddy, who they can't communicate with at all, is, like, pretends like he's got them hostage, and... It's, it's fantastic. So he gets them out of a jam, and then they find somebody who was crushed by a cart, and they help him get to his house. And then they're like 74 miles from the base. So by they get to that, their person's house, they helped him, give medical attention, and then they gave him, or them, a motorcycle with a sidecar. So they all ride back to the base together. They bring their North Korean compadre. 
And uh, that was fantastic. And then you have some good old-fashioned sexism happening back on the base because they are... Good old-fashioned sexism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you got... Yeah, see, that, the sexism and the occasional homophobic remarks are the reasons I have the toughest time watching shows past a certain date. Like, when you go back far enough, it's just, like, so much sexism. And so I'm just much. like, I can't watch this. Oh, it, <gasps> it reminds me how far we've come. It's true. That that part's <laughs> actually kind of refreshing when you're like, oh, yeah, people don't talk like that anymore. Yeah, That's nice. It's pretty It's pretty. Or great. if they do look like that, everyone looks at them like a fucking idiot because yep. you're like, why would you say something like that? That's horrendous. It really But really that's is. nice. Yeah. Yes. You get a... Oh, but then... Um, what is it? Hulahan, she puts Frank Burns in his place, makes him do laundry and wash bedpans. And he's like, oh, I'm a doctor and not a woman. So I'm not going to do that. And... Hulahan says, "Fuck that yeah. noise." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know that much about Mash as I've mentioned, but I do know that Hulahan is the jam. Yep, she's awesome. She's awesome. Yep. Love that. I do too. Yeah, and then they uh, they all come back, save the day. There's no Thanksgiving meal or anything, but there is a good sense of community. Yeah, some food poisoning, some community. <laughs> it's a lovely time. I really love that they picked up the North Korean soldier and they were like, all right, you're coming with us. They didn't leave him at the house or anything with the strangers. That's nice. Like, all right, if you want to come with us. Don't know what happened to him, but... Don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that possibly could have panned out, but... Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Things didn't have to make sense back then. That's true. Yeah. No, we just moved along. Just half hour. Stories just moved along. This is a half re- hour. Yep. The last half hour doesn't matter anymore. That happened. That yep, was... and you can't rewatch it. Nope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so... exactly. Yeah, that's it. 100% right. Yep, no problem with plot holes. Yeah. I true story. It. it was great. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. Uh, my number five, I'm going with a Bob's Burgers entry here. <laughs> this is actually my only Bob's Burgers so I'm just going to go, I'm going to name them until I have one that's not on your list and then just talk about one that's not on your list. Because I okay. want to hit on as many of these as we can. God, they're so good. So I don't want to, so my my favorite is, personally, is Diary of a Poopy Kid. That's, that's all you. That's all me? Yep. Oh, tight. Yep. Oh, I thought about so, it. So this one's great. The, these episodes of Bob's Burgers are all really special to me. The ones where... The kids take turns telling a rendition of an outlandish story, and it just sets like the parents and the kids as like other characters in these weird stories and stuff, and often faraway lands using jetpacks and various things and being pilots and astronauts and like all sorts of weird shit. This is one of those episodes. The basic premise of the episode is Gene can't get off the toilet, he's sick. And on the worst day possible, Thanksgiving. How tragic. Poor Gene. So the family sits around outside the bathroom um, as they all take turns telling stories about Gene and stuff, essentially. And it's just a wonderful time. I'm not going to go into tremendous details about any of the stories because I don't want to ruin the whole episode for anyone. But if you like this style of Bob's Burgers episode, which I fucking love, which are the mini stories, this one is one of the best. It's great stuff. It really is. I love that episode. I'm so glad you said that. Shout out to Gail making Bob sled. That was my that was my next one. If you had had G, if you had had the Gene one, of the Diary of a Poopy Kid on your list, I was gonna go down to Gail making Bob sled. Yep, that's a good one. Dude, God, I love that show. There's so many. There's so it's... like they do. They love Thanksgiving. And they do yep. it basically every year. So there was a lot to choose from there. Mm-hmm. So I narrowed it down to four. I have four that I have on my list here, and I was basically just gonna like pick whichever one you weren't using. Nice. So there we are. I, I got to have my first choice. Love it. I feel silly having a two. 
in the top ten. But no, not at all. They're I've, just I've, so. I've got good. double ups as well. I get yeah. it. Yeah, or not top ten, but top five, top four. Nothing Ooh. wrong with that. They're great at it. Right now we're moving on to now we're cooking with gas. Now Ooh. we're not cooking with gas. Good correction. <laughs> episode eight. See or no? Episode eight, season ten. Um, everything goes wrong. And oh my god! Well, actually, things are going wonderfully. Right at first, he gets the uh, special hen that he wanted, and he'd been waiting for years and years and years. And sure enough, the gas goes out, and it results in them building a fire in the alley. The police department, the uh, fire department, gets called, and he just keeps going, just throwing stuff in the fire. He's about to destroy some pretty beloved memories when they finally, he finally comes to his senses. But he's he's going all Captain Ahab on the turkey. All Captain Ahab on. That's <laughs> fantastic. And I just love it. I love that the kids go out to go on these big adventures and looking for stuff to burn. It's Louise's dream, but even she gets exhausted of it at some point. It's just really great togetherness. And at the end of the day, they finally give in and order some pizza. The turkey's not cooking. I couldn't not do it. Not to be done. Yeah. Oh. I, I do like all the ways they try to cook that turkey. It's really oh, my funny. God. I love it. It's so funny. Very then, funny. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. And it ended up being pretty good underneath the burnt skin, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that rings a bell. I think yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. What other ways did they try to cook the turkey? There was like the fire outside. There was like, I forget all of it. It's been a while since I've seen that episode as well, but I do remember enjoying it a lot. Yes. It's really just, I love a good outside fire. Yeah, well, I love cooking stuff. over an open fire. Oh, I man. Saw, I saw him doing it. It's like, I wish I was me. Yeah, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. All right. Number four. I have a Modern Family entry here. Mm. Uh, This one is called Three Turkeys. This is one of those classic types of storytelling modes where you see pieces of the event from different characters' angles throughout the episode. And you slowly get to unravel the mystery of how are there three turkeys at this house? Because the first character's path we follow, a lot of shenanigans ensuing, a lot of people thinking they were all doing separate Thanksgivings, the three the three core families that make up the huge family on the show, and then a lot of miscommunications, and one group that is supposed to be out of state, but is faking being out of state, uh, like they, they claimed they were going to Mexico for Thanksgiving and they literally just were like duck, ducking the family and then the family all goes to their house thinking they're in Mexico so they have to hide. Just a lot of hilarious uh, deception ensues. Uh, turkeys get hid in weird places. <laughs> Stella the dog getting some great action, being crazy adorable like she always is as we talked about in our pet ranking episode. What a oh, yeah. goddess she is. What an adorable little creature. And it's just a delightful episode. It's uh, it's one of that. It's on the upper side of Modern Family episodes as a whole, let alone holiday theme or anything. Like it's just really funny. Modern Family at its best. Fantastic. Love it. God, Stella's so cute. She's so cute. <laughs> she's, I love smush faced little animals with so little much. smushy faces. Total dime of a dog. Shout out Smush the cat out there. Ooh. That's Adam's cat. Oh. It's got a smushy face. Oh, cute. Very cute. Love it. Yeah, indeed. Cool. Indeed. Gets a little lot, gets little eye boogers a lot because of his little smushy face. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he's still cute. Super cute. Yep. All right. Number three. Yes. <laughs> I've got Lockdown, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Season 2, Episode 7. 
Nice. Go on. I don't. I I have two B nine nine entries and was over two with the two you picked. I love Perfect. that. Nice. We got to talk a bunch of nine nine. Awesome. So if I remember correctly, there is a power outage. They keep all of the police in the building. In case, yep. Yep. In case there was something, uh, some kind of tragedy, needed a on call. Here you go, little buddy. Here you go. You want this? Appeasing, appeasing the dog. That's right, Victor. Do, Victor. There you go. All right. All right, here we go. So there's a lockdown, and they're all trapped. As I said, we get angry Terry. He is starving. Um, Boyle eventually saves the day. Yeah, he goes out, gets so much different carry out, and then he like wants to put this beautiful spread together, and Terry's like, you've got 30 seconds. <laughs> like, threatens to eat him, I'm pretty sure. It's just fantastic. And then they all get to have this like great dinner together. I love that it's like their fake family too. Yeah, the very chosen much so. family. The chosen family. Yeah, um, I love how they do that. They do. They do that very well. Uh, there's actually like Holt has a great line to Peralta about the chosen family thing, where Peralta's talking about all he wants to do is go watch the football game he's got recorded and stuff like that. Yeah. And Holt, being the leader and mentor that he is, uh, kind of nudges Jake into the importance of like being there for his chosen family. Oh, yeah, he comes back dressed all spiffy and does a comes nice line. Comes back dressed all spiffy. He does a nice line, makes a nice toast. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's even better than I remember. It's really lovely stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Very endearing. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. My number three, my second entry from How I Met Your Mother, and the best of the Thanksgivings of How I Met Your Mother, obviously, as I have it at top three, Slaps giving two revenge of the slap. <laughs> this fucking episode is probably in my top five to ten How I Met Your Mother episodes, period. It's so funny. All the slap bet stuff on How I Met Your Mother resonates with me really well. Even the final slap episode, which is more than a tinge racist. Ooh. Yeah. They, they do like this like Asian thing. Like They do like a weird Asian thing that's definitely just racist. It's not great. But... When was the it? other parts that aren't uh, making fun of Asian people are very funny. Anyway, this episode has no <laughs> racism. Racism free in this episode. Whew. Uh, this episode features Marshall as a gift to Robin. So, all right, I'm backing up. I'm realizing my, the error in my ways here. Robin and Ted, after Marshall leaves the turkey, as he describes it, the perfect turkey on a bus get a hold of the public transit, go down to the public transit office and get the exact turkey that Marshall... Marshall was like, no, any other turkey won't do. And they're like, no, no, Marshall, look. And Marshall looks and he's like, oh my God, you got it. It's the turkey. It's the perfect turkey. And he gets all excited. Well, at this point, Marshall still has like three or four bets out... or three or four slaps left in his slap bet with Barney, which he gets to dole out at any time. Um, he decides to bequeath one of the slaps to either Robin or Ted, but they have to decide amongst themselves who's going to get to do the slap. <laughs> well, at this point in the timeline, Robin and Ted, Robin and Barney have pretty freshly broken up, and Ted is, has, you know, always always has reasons to be mad at Barney. Barney's one of those friends that's like, he's like Dickie. He's a good friend, but he's also the friend he wanted to slap in the face sometimes because he just <laughs> needs to be slapped. He's like that. Oh. Shout out, Dickie. I love you, pal. So much. You'll get to meet our friend Dickie that that Martha and I are referring to here on next week's episode, in fact, listeners. 
Dickie and I had a fun time with New Girl. But you'll learn more about that on next week's episode. Anyway, while there's back, there's bickering back and forth between Robin and Ted about who's going to get to issue the slap, and there's also a B story going on, which I guess is really more the A story of the episode, in which Marshall has invited Lily's estranged father to join them for Thanksgiving. A father who was a shitty father to Lily all through her childhood, who we've briefly met on the show up to this point, and he's a board game designer, and was just overall a shitty dad, and a shitty board game designer to boot. <laughs> and was all around a shitty dad to Lily. But he really wants to try to make amends and do right. Marshall, being the love family, love everyone person, tries to be the bridge between them. Lily gets mad, she storms off, and then she finds out that the coffee shop owner, Mr. Kim, who she had previously declared dead to her because he served her decaf when she wanted, or she he served her regular when she wanted decaf one time. Um, that's another tangent of the show, is the, the look she gives people when they're dead to her. And uh, she goes the into the she goes into the coffee house. I can't do it well, but it's something like... <laughs> it's a very mean look. She does it better than I do. But she does a very good you're dead to me look. And there's like demonic music that plays in the background. It's pretty well done. It's a funny bit. Oh, yeah. Well, she finds out Mr. Kim is dead. Oh. So she'll... Now a person that she wrote off as dead to her is actually dead. And she'll never get to like make up, make amends or anything. And she comes to the realization if she's that upset with finding out a guy she barely knew is dead, how upset must she be if her father died and she never gets to make amends with him? And so she comes back and they all have a lovely dinner together. And Marshall, um, so Ted and Robin do a back and forth about who's going to slap Barney. And Barney's just sitting there like being tortured by this whole discussion. And then finally they all decide that they gift it to Lily's father, who's like, I don't really know him that well, but how many chances do you get to just slap somebody in the face? And Barney's like, no, this is outrageous. And then eventually they declare that no one will be slapped today in an act of kindness. And then they eat dinner, and then Marshall slaps the shit out of him anyway. <laughs> and goes, that's three. And it's just it's delightful. It's part of the slap saga, which is wonderful. I actually intend to do, Eric and I are going to do a whole episode about the slap saga eventually. Nice. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. How I Met Your Mother fans. We're going to break down everything to do with the slap bet from start to finish. Fair. But this episode, it, it gives you a ton if you're a regular viewer of the show and you know what's going on. And it has a lot of really seer, silly weirdness going on, even for casual viewers who don't know the show front and back like I do. And I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I mean, Tattoo. Oof. Oh, man. All right. Next I have Thanks Hoarding. Bob's Burgers, Season 8, Episode 5. We get to see Teddy's home for the first time. It is quite messy. Teddy-centric episode. Nice. Yes, yes. They were... Uh, Rummaging around, looking for something he's supposed to have family over for Thanksgiving. So the whole gang goes over there to help, and they open up the extra. And he's like, "Don't, don't go in there." And of course, the kids went in there, and it was a dining room full of stuff. It turns out Teddy's a hoarder, so they help him by clearing out all of his stuff. Bob's making him dinner, and. The kids and Linda are getting to work, and he is horrified. He did not want the help. No, hoarders rarely do. Yeah. Hoarders like to hoard. Yep, yep. They got a dumpster and everything, and then they kept finding him out in the dumpster. Yep. 
Yeah, and then at I've, the end of it, oh. I've got some hoarders in my family. I've I've seen the behavior. Ooh, that's intense. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's pretty intense. Huh? Interesting. I'll have to ask more about that later. Indeed, it's fascinating stuff. <laughs> it's fascinating stuff. Um, let's see. Yep, Shatari's having a really hard time with that. And Linda doesn't get it, and she thinks it's gonna be so great. Gonna get a lot of there, and then eventually they realize they need to hire professionals. So they really want to help him, but who's gonna do that? It's true. It all works out, though, because the family wasn't coming over anyways. Yeah, something uh, happened. They're going to his sister's. Oh, so. no. Poor Teddy. Oh, oh no. It was great. He was super relieved. Sure. That's yeah. true. Yeah, That's totally. Yeah. yeah but, I love oh, Teddy. I love Teddy so much. I just want to hug him. I know he's a cartoon, but I just want to hug him. I have a really... Yeah, cartoons are so yeah. people-like I sometimes. I and can't hug him. He's two-dimensional. But. He's two-dimensional, yeah. I guess yeah. I have to hug a piece of paper with like a drawing of him yeah, on. It just but, doesn't get oh, the same effect. We could get a cutout. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, uh, not bad. A teddy cutout would be pretty adorable. That'd be super adorable. Yeah. You love teddy. Oh, I love when you like find out he has a rich, fulfilling life. Like outside, they all think he's like the sad, lonely man, and right. then yeah, Bob goes around with him for a day, and it's like, oh wow. Oh yeah, Teddy's got a good life. <laughs> Fun little spin off there. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. They uh, their Thanksgiving is a little bit in shambles, but it's a great episode for togetherness. Like, groups all together. They always are. It's so sweet. I love the show. So sweet. Yeah. I think it works love out. it. All right. What's your number two? Number two, going back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. With my favorite of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine Thanksgiving episodes, Ava. Ava is my favorite for a few reasons. One, Nick Offerman. Like, that's yep. enough to be said right there. Yep. His cameo on this show is so funny as a former jilted lover, jolted lover of Captain Holtz. Um, basically, Terry's wife goes into labor at the precinct. And Terry is away, is like... Terry, that's what it is. Terry's working security for some, like, uh, like a presidential, like, motorcade going by or something. Like, can't get to them. Mm-hmm. And so... Jake steps up and is trying to obey Terry and Ava's wishes of no hospital. They're very firm. They have a doula. They've got a plan. But they can't reach the doula. And they can't get out of the hospital. It's a whole mess and fiasco. So then they find out Captain Holt's ex-boyfriend. Oh, and Ava's dodging Captain Holt because she finds him really uncomfortable. Because he always asks her really uncomfortable questions because he's Captain Holt. And he doesn't really have a human filter like many people do. Uh, Delightfully speaking, that's just the way Captain Holt is. They find out that Captain Holt's ex-boyfriend is a doctor, a birthing specialist, to boot. Well, they go to him to try to plea to come help, and he says he'll help only if Holt admits to destroying the duck. <laughs> and Holt, Holt fake confesses, but then later real confesses that he actually did toss the duck. Which is an equally funny scene. They toss this wooden duck. It's just a carving of a wooden duck. It's literally just this like wooden duck carving. But uh, Nick Offerman comes and helps, and then he's like, "You gotta take her to the hospital. This like this is not good. This is unsanitary. It's gross. You got y'all gotta get out of here." So finally, something else goes bad, and Jake and Ava agree it's time to go to the hospital. They have the baby. Terry gets to the hospital, scolds Jake, and says, "The one thing I told you to do is not the hospital." But then there's a cute moment at the end where Jake kept making jokes about being the god husband. <laughs> he wants to be the godfather and Ava's god husband and all these things. And then at the end he gets pulled in and Terry, once he learns the full circumstances and everything that happens, realizes he was in the wrong and that Jake did the right thing and helped his wife. 
and they hug it out. And he, my favorite line of the episode, Terry goes, you want to hold her? And he goes, oh, yeah. And he goes to hug Ava, who's just like <laughs> laying in the bed still. And Terry's like, the baby, man. And she's like, he's like, oh, yeah, the normal thing. Yep. And yep, it's just, it's yep. such a funny throwaway to me right at the end when he just goes to hug her. Like, he just goes to hug this woman in bed. <laughs> she's like, no, the baby, man. So funny. So funny. Oh, that is a fantastic now, episode. Start to finish, just a wonderful episode of television. It really is. It could be Thanksgiving-centric or not. Just delightful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Number one stunners. Spin the choice. King of the Hill, season five, episode four. I should have known King of the Hill was going to be at the top <laughs> of the list. So I don't know Dude, how I didn't guess this. So many great Thanksgiving episodes. Oh, my gosh. In this one, John Redcorn goes to Bobby's school. And he gets ranting about how the white man took all of these things from the Native Americans and... Obviously talking about his son, Joseph, who is now being raised by Dale Gribble, the neighbor, because um, he had an affair with his wife. And, uh, yada, yada, yada. It's a gr- so much drama on King of the it's Hill. So much drama. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that really comes to a head. And he, so Nancy at this point has left John Redcorn to be in a monogamous relationship with her husband. Well, in this episode, John Redcorn decides that this is not going to fly anymore. So he heads to... Oh, he starts marching up to the Thanksgiving feast that's like everyone's gathered around. And Oh, I got to go back a little bit. So Bobby Hill is completely inspired by this lecture. And then he goes and he does a bunch of research. And he finds that the Native American tribes around where they were practice cannibalism. So, he sets up a feast in protest that would be a traditional Native American feast, which he creates a little human head out of, like, cauliflower and things like that. And then Joseph then thinks that John Redcorn is a cannibal and starts yelling at him, and it's just all so close to coming to a head, and... Just tensions boiling everywhere. It's so intense. And then at the end of it... uh, Joseph, so Joseph's freaking out, and everybody's wigging out, and yeah, John Redcorn's ready to confess everything, and then finally, Nancy and Joseph show up to John Redcorn's trailer, and he says, uh, really, he's like, oh, well, my mom told me that because we're both children of the earth, we're kind of related in a weird way, and it turns into this, like, beautiful. Aw. I know. Love that. Nice little connection of everyone. And I really appreciate that they did the homage to the Native American thing too. That is nice. Yeah, yeah. not not enough homages to yeah. indigenous and native people in this uh, any layer of our society. I really. know, like pretty, it's crazy. Like literally, fucking. I was trying to think of the right phrase. And I'm like, yeah, just literally fucking anyway. I no, suppose. yeah, I kind of feel. Yeah, it's pretty gross. They actually did a really good thing in Roseanne too. There was a good Native American episode. Nice. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. really cute. Oh, I should have put that one in here. It was fantastic. Yep. Um. Yeah, it was really great. And so the nice theme of connect, connect, togetherness and community. I loved it. It's, I it's love that as well. One of my favorite episodes. It's so funny. King of the Hill is great. Yep. Great stuff. Super. My number one is from New Girl. Uh, I picked only one New Girl episode, as I mentioned toward the beginning of this episode. There was some shout outs I gave, but this episode is titled Parents. And it is... One of the best episodes of this show. Uh, the thing I 
quote from New Girl, possibly the most, is from this episode as well. Uh, but I'll get to that. So there's guest, there's guest stars for days in this episode, which is great. You got Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Jessica Day's mother. You have Rob Reiner, who plays Jessica Day's father. And they're long divorced. The two of them are very long time divorced. Jessica, we find out in this episode, has on several times throughout her childhood and young adult years tried to parent trap her parents, essentially, <laughs> and like to get them back together. So she's sure enough, it's revealed that she's trying to parent trap them again. She was supposed to have invited, like, he was going to come early in the day and she was going to come late at night. And she basically got them to come at the same time when they thought they were coming at different times. And, like, she gets accused of it. She's like, I'm not up to anything. But secretly, she's definitely up to something. And Cece's onto it right away because she's her best friend since childhood. She's been around for several of these parent trap attempts before. So she sees the writing on the wall. And all those beats are hilarious and stuff. But the side of this story that's particularly funny to me is Schmidt's cousin, who also goes by Schmidt, attends the Thanksgiving as well, played by Rob Riggle. And they start getting into a competition about the one true Schmidt. Which one of them is the truest of true Schmidt's? And Winston decides to kind of mess with both of them. And So Winston and Cece are throwing like, weird manly activities at him to see who's who's the manliest of the bunch. And they both Schmitz keep saying the words, I can do this all day, all day. And they just keep saying all day in like a really weird and aggressive way. And to this day, I still regularly say all day, all day. Schmitty's doing it all day. Yeah, you've heard <laughs> me do this before, yep. for sure. Like I've, I, I knew you would have. That's from fucking New Girl. Awesome. All the time I do this. That sounds It's fun. just stuck in my head. It's delightful. It's sounds so like a funny. Great episode. They do like a wheelbarrow thing where like the one Schmidt's like holding the other one by his legs while he's like wheelbarrowing with his arms. <laughs> they do like uh, one of the things that Winston eventually gets them to compete over is the manliest man is the one who's most comfortable in his sexuality. So whoever kisses a guy first is the manliest. <laughs> And they both act weird about it at first, and then our Schmidt, the main Schmidt, eventually kisses Nick Miller out of fucking nowhere. Which is actually one of the few uh, critiques I do have with this, is like, there's a running bit throughout the rest of the show where Schmidt is constantly trying to be very affectionate with Nick, including like trying to kiss him and see his penis, amongst other weird things. Hmm. So it felt really out of character that he would be so weird about trying to kiss him on this one. But Hmm. because it's so hilarious, I let that go. I'm not one to nitpick if it's a funny thing. And this was a very funny thing. Awesome. And then at the end of the episode, um, both parent both parents leave after they've talked to Jessica and been like, we're never getting back together, Jess. I'm sorry, but like, I'm happier without her. He's happier without me. Like, we're, we're good. You know? And uh, then they both get in the elevator at the same time and start making out. Nice. It's like, yeah. But, you know, old people just be fucking sometimes. Do what they do. They do what they do. People, everybody <laughs> fucks of all of all the ages, past a certain age, I suppose. <laughs> I hope. I was about to say not so of, of many of the ages, pretty much from fucking age on. You continue. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number one. New girl, parents, outstanding stuff. Uh, Rob Reiner is also one of my favorite recurring characters from any sitcom. Like he's probably in like fifteen-ish episodes of the series in total, maybe twenty. Hey. Is this strap of this cord that he wants particularly? It's like one Velcro strap around one of these cables uh, that he keeps trying to get to. Little man needs Velcro. Victor likes the Velcro. <laughs> uh, but 
that's our top tens. We did it. We made it through them. All right. Uh, Martha, this has been a delight. I always, always have such a blast hanging with you and chatting it up. It's a good time. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts or holiday well wishes for the people? Um, Yeah, try not to. Oh, my God, little buddy. All right, come on. Come on. Victor's pumped. Hey, you want to say hi? That, that's Victor's way of saying hello to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving and stuff. Okay. And we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Try not to eat too much. Don't drink and drive. Definitely don't drink and drive. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck out there, people. <laughs> you know, if you're dreading that family time, you'll get through it in no time. Mm-hmm. If you're looking forward to that family time, cherish it. Yes. But, you know, either way. And if you don't have families you're spending time with... I hope you find a way to have some fun and have some delicious food still, even if it's chosen family or friends or work colleagues or whatever group you're spending your day with. I hope you all have the most fun. And we thank you so much for listening to After the Laugh Track. Keep tuning in every Thursday as we keep dropping new episodes for you. Like I mentioned earlier, next week's episode will be new girl-centric. As my good pal Dickie and I play our first annual game of Is It Worth It? Which Dickie and I watched the first episode of New Girl, a sh- episode from the very middle of the run, and the finale. And he's never seen a single episode of the show other than these ones. He gives me some predictions of what he thinks is going to happen before we watch the finale. And he gives me his overall thoughts. And then most importantly answers the question of, is it worth it to go watch the whole series? Because, you know, there's so much streaming content these days. There's so much to watch. So sometimes it's hard to decide. Can I buckle in for seven seasons of a show? Which New Girl is seven seasons. And Dickie, you'll find out his answer next week. Ooh. That's right. Teasers. Also, make sure to tune into all the other fun stuff we're doing here at Good Fun Media. Every Wednesday, Morons in the Multiverse, dropping MCU fandom content. And every Friday, D2B2 Sports, dropping some sports gambling knowledge and a whole lot of absurdity on you. Tune in. Subscribe. Like, follow, five stars, all the various clicks. Just click the stuff. It'll feel good. <laughs> click, clack away. Just click, 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 click. Do it. I dare you. Wonderful. We love you. And as always, you stay classy, planet Earth. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>